Nick Annette Miller, Fake Taxidermy, and Why Sometimes You Have to Quit to Succeed. Welcome to episode 19 of Local Masters. Each episode of Local Masters, we take a look at what's next in business, culture, and creativity with a thought leader in their field. Real Thread does this because we believe it can help you be a master wherever you are. Has summer been treating you well? We hope it has, but for all of you who are looking for some refreshment, this podcast has come at the perfect time. This week, we have Nick Annette Miller on. Nick is a dangerously talented printmaker who splits her time as a sole proprietor at her own shop, Nick Annette Miller, and as the head of creative development at the temporary tattoo mecca, Tatley. She is wildly inventive and has made a name for herself for her fake taxidermy and her charming work with Tatley. Nick is wise. Now listen, I don't say that a lot when I talk about people, but it's true. In our conversation, she engaged in the difficult stuff like breakups and having to quit things you loved. She provided a balanced perspective on business, fine art, and design. And to top it all off, she has one of the most interesting perspectives on burning out that I have ever heard. The story of how she left her hometown of Salt Lake City to join Tadley in New York is incredible. Like most great stories, Nick starts it with a joke. Well, I, I have a joke okay. Um, okay. <laughs> that you can, we'll, we'll see how we feel about this in the end, but um, I have a fear of commitment and I work at a temporary tattoo company and it's the punchline to my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, in Utah, I was in a nearly four year relationship and even owned a house with a guy who had an eight to five job and loved coming home to dinner on the table and watching TV. And I just couldn't do it. And it was during the relationship I found out he never wanted to leave Utah, which is why I thought I was gonna stay. And I really considered settling because I didn't want to not know him anymore. Mm. It was really hard and we, you know, we're breaking up, and it's hard when you live with someone to do that. And it was the, when I got back from New York and after my interview with Tatley that I decided no matter what, like, I need to pursue art. I need to treat Salt Lake City as if it was New York City. And to do that, I have to get out of this relationship. Mm. So I, I broke up with him and started that process and then found out two days later I was moving to New York. Wow. I, I love the story about you going to New York City, I guess for, for the first time um, in, in just getting involved in the scene. Can you kind of, can you tell that story again? Cause it's so cool to hear. Sure. Um, so in Salt Lake City, I freelanced a lot doing graphic design and printmaking and I was trying to start my own stationary line and I was acquiring all this printmaking equipment like I had a Heidelberg windmill and knowing Eva from Sycamore Street Press and also knowing she was pregnant I just reached out to her and I said 
do you happen to need any help at the National Stationery Show? Because I would really love to learn more about wholesaling and retailers. And she said yes. So I got a 10-day mentorship, or apprenticeship rather, um, through Sycamore Street Press. And at the National Stationery Show was Tatley. And knowing who Tina Roth Eisenberg was and Tatley, I you know strolled on by and got to chatting with the nice folks there and they mentioned they were hiring. So I made my resume that night and had an interview the next day where I was just happy enough to be able to meet with Tina and see the, the studio mate space. And in that interview, she asked me, when could you move? And I said, I just have to go home and get my dog. Three weeks later, I moved. Do you think there was a benefit to you being able to not prepare for the interview in the way that you normally would have? Yeah, it was raining like crazy, as it does in New York summers. And I was running from awning to awning to get to the interview. Could not even think about it. And before I knew it, I was soaking wet, shaking Tina's hand. And I, all I could think was, just be yourself. Mm. And it was the best interview I ever had. Really? Yeah. Wow. So... When you were first hired at Tatley, what did your job look like? Like, what were you brought to Tatley to do? So I was originally hired to be the community manager. So social media, the newsletter, um, even customer support. We were really small at the time. I believe I was the fifth or sixth hire. Um, And because of social media and the newsletter and having that visual Um, representation of the brand I started requesting different kind of imagery and I really wanted to use gifts and we only had a photographer two days a week so slowly and slowly we were building or I was working on these you know cool photos and the design team wanted to use them on the website and one thing led to the other and we have a photographer five days a week and we're coming up with these really cool campaigns that I'm really excited about and you know, just working really hard. Yeah. And it, it, was it during that time that you started doing your shift from community manager to more of like a creative role? Yeah. So my title officially now is head of creative development and that involves product launches and development and I still do social media and, you know, art directing all the photography and we have a lot of gifts now. We even have a gift tumbler called Forever Temporary and videos. Um, well, the videos are actually my favorite, even though um, two that I'm really proud of um, and I wish we could do more, but they're definitely more time consuming. Yeah. Everything you guys do is so cool and it's it's awesome to see. I'm uh, I'm pumped. I remember you were telling me a little bit about this this uh, this birthday sale. Is that is that right? Is that is that going on? I guess I guess at the time this podcast is going to launch, is it's just launching, right? Yes, our birthday sale is the biggest sale we have every year. Um, it's half off our mostly our entire website, and because it's our birthday, I thought we should celebrate in our birthday suit. <laughs> And so we t- tattooed some very beautiful and confident naked people. <laughs> and we are putting a discount code over censoring them 
and the discount code is BDaySuit. What's the idea behind the creative direction that you had for Tatley's birthday sale? So I liked the idea of the birthday sale and us celebrating in our birthday suit. And that, you know, obviously means naked people. In fact, I asked Tina, I just mentioned, I have a very European idea and do you trust me? And she said, I trust you. <laughs> and I said, do you really understand what I'm asking though? And she said, you want to tattoo naked people? And I said, yes. And she said, go for it. So with that, I thought more about it and I just got really excited that we could use every age um, from babies to elderly, wrinkly, beautiful people. And um, what I'm really excited about is we're using the discount code to censor private areas. But if you look closely, the males and the females are censored in the same areas. So I kind of like that, you know, there's like this campaign out there where, you know, if men can be topless, women can be topless too. So obviously we can't do that because we're a kid-friendly company. So if, but if the woman is censored, then the man is going to be censored too. Yeah. And you'll you'll see that even in the full body shots, we've gotten away with just censoring a man and a female the same way too. That's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. As soon as I heard about that, I thought it was awesome to put people on the same platform. You know, just look at people the same way. No. Yeah, and what I like about Tatley is that they can be confident boosters. We get so many emails and support about how people like really just love what we're doing and that this certain design was really impactful in that moment for them. And I think this campaign showing all these different bodies can kind of, you know, highlight that we should be confident and comfortable in our own skin. How did you deal with the process of starting over um, in a city? What was that like for you? Um, it was fantastic because I really needed a change. Um, you know, I had visited New York a few times and I just had such an amazing feeling whenever I was in New York. And I think it's just because it's a different kind of wild where you're, even though you're with so many people, you're actually alone. And if you can navigate and be comfortable alone, then it's such an independent feeling. Yeah. And I was really craving that. And so I was really lucky to move at the time I did. And I you know, got really lucky and moved in with a really great girl named Haley. She's my roommate and also my emergency contact. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the Studio Meets community where Tatley's office was out of and this was started by Jesse Arrington, Creighton Mershon, and from Workshop, and then Tina um, was just full of these amazing designers and this great community, and so I was just instantly surrounded by amazing people. Mm. Just truly lucky. Gosh, that's fantastic. Was it, was it hard at the beginning? balancing art in business or, or is that something that 
came natural to you? Um, I think it does come a little bit natural to me. And the thing that was exciting about when I moved is not only did I have all this energy from moving, um, but because I was just a community manager in a creative setting, I didn't feel like my energy was draining. And so I got to go home and I still had this creative energy to actually put towards my own work. And so the first year I actually felt like I had a really good momentum. Um, but now that my role has shifted a little bit, um, I've noticed that I'm a little bit tired when I get off of work. My emails are kind of you know, stacking up and I'm you know, taking a step back right now to kind of rethink what what is the next step for me? What's my future like? Do I want to be an artist? Do I want to be, you know, an art director? Be in the design world? Mm. Can I merge them? What does that look like? A day in the life of Nick Miller? Um, so I have a nine to five job and I usually go to my studio um, and I'm there till two in the morning. Um, I, I rely on Google Calendar a lot to tell me what to do and what I have planned. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea that I, I create these installations and I kind of live off of them for a little while. I, I have, you know, I made this fake fish market where I have, I hang a bunch of birds. And once the show is over, then I put them on my website and sell them until the edition's gone. And then hopefully there's time to create a new installation and premiere a new piece. Um, so I guess I would say I just have a nine to five job where I'm working really hard and I'm focused there. And then I, I come home and think about what projects I really want to work on and what that timeline looks like and what deadlines do I have. And sometimes I apply for shows or I ask to be at a certain venue because I work really well with deadlines and force myself to get them done. I'm just amazed that you do so much and that you're so, um, you're so involved. Do you ever get burnout? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say all the time, but I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've kind of started to realize I, I need to let myself burn out. Mm. I can't just force myself to stay awake and, you know, push products. I, I need rest and I need time to think. And my body is telling me something for a reason. And so I think it's okay to to like let yourself burn out mm. and just but like while you're burning out while you're resting like still keep the creative juices going and thinking and writing um and just get that rest that your body needs to get back into it mm. that's so interesting because i was expecting you to say something to the effect of like you know don't burn out make sure you have a cycle where you don't but it seems like with what you're saying there's a level of absolution in being able to take an idea to its like fullest extent do you feel like burning out allows you to do that to feel like you've you fully practiced some creative measure inside of you maybe i oddly get 
kind of excited when I when I'm wrong mm. and when I've made a mistake because that's a moment where I learn something. And so maybe I when I realize I'm burnt out, I'm really happy because it's like, oh yes, I'm burnt out and I'm gonna rest now. But I know it's not forever and that I can build myself back up again and probably build myself back up even stronger. Wow, that's really wise. I think a lot of people look at burnout as like a, as like a total failure, like um, a really bad thing, like a, a sort of weakness that they reached in into themselves. I think that's really wise that you look at it the way I you think do. If someone's burnt out, they should be really proud of themselves because that means they worked really hard. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I just, I think, or I don't know, I think that particularly in the creative culture, there's such a feeling of like, I don't know, I feel this way. I don't know if you feel this way, that if I'm not creating, like I'm not really, uh, I'm not really being the full measure of who I'm supposed to be. So when I stop, Sometimes I get scared, you know, like I, I feel like I don't have that time um, to, to be a person or an individual anymore. But I don't know, it sounds like what you're saying is that isn't always the case. Maybe you're becoming more of an individual when you're able to kind of get away from it. I know that sometimes um, I naturally feel a little competitive, especially like with my age. I feel like there's this race to do something amazing while I'm young. Yeah. Um, but with feeling burnt out, I'm going to not enjoy my 20s if I'm going to keep being exhausted. Like, why am I going to waste time stressed out and tired when all I need to do is probably like a few days of rest? Something I've been thinking a lot about because I do have a full-time job that I love and I want to be a full-time artist working for myself that if you're going to quit, quit to succeed because mm. the word quit is kind of negative because it implies losing something and giving up but I also think that means you're taking something away to improve on something else. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to be gentle about the word quitting. That's really wise. It's like very oh, thoughtful. Thank you. thank you, Nathan. Yeah, I'm rolling that around in my head. What What's going on in that head of yours? Well, I, I think the, uh, like, hmm. That's such an interesting thing. You have to take some things away to succeed. The idea of minimalism in that effect. I, I don't know. Like, and that's not minimalism, but minimizing. Because I think you're right. It's so funny how if you take a couple things out, it's just, man, you can just really go. You know, at that point. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, like... I mean, even as a freelancer, like, if you have too many clients, you might have to quit a few of them so your other clients can grow and those projects can grow. And I think it can work in anything if 
you know, if, if you're going to quit a relationship, it's because you're going to become a better person, mm. you know, cause not everyone's meant to be together. Yeah. It's not that you gave up on the other person or you gave up on the relationship, you know, like, I guess I'm just trying to put a positive spin on every, like everything. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think though there is a sadness in giving up and I think that is okay, but I think it is a healthy sadness. I think what you're talking about is a really healthy thing. Cause I think that so often we just don't want to stare sad things in the face. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's too hard. And I like that you said healthy sadness because oddly I, I appreciate my sad moments. Um, because I, like I said, like when you make a mistake, you learn from it. And when you're sad, you can think about why you're sad. And I think it's just a good moment to reflect and learn from it and grow from it. Yeah. I think you're right. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Quitting. Cause it's. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to try it anymore. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Real quick, this is going to be a little out of left field, but it's not like crazy. I'm just curious. Um, what's it like owning a business as an artist? We talked to a lot of graphic designers about owning a business, and it seems like with graphic design, there's a pragmatism to um, providing beauty to something that needs it. Where with fine art, um, I don't know... I'm not saying fine art isn't pragmatic, but it doesn't it doesn't hold that same like <clears throat> you know what I mean like directness that I think graphic design does. Um, what do you think about that? What's it like as a fine artist owning owning a shop? I don't I don't know if I can convey how it feels. I I do think it's a little fascinating with fine artists is that it's almost they're their own client, right? Like they're creating their own problem. I don't have to make these bird series or make a fake fish market but i want to yeah (laughs) (laughs) and in fact with like the fake fish market i did it at a craft fair renegade craft fair and what was so amazing to me was in that moment you know normally i would be like amped on a sale but i was so excited whenever i saw a confused person (laughs) Which I don't know if that means like I liked the installation and performance side and maybe that's another thing I need to explore more. But there was something so satisfying at looking at somebody and they just were thinking. And they were looking at it and they had no idea. Or you saw like a smile and then they did get it or they like thought of something. What's the philosophy behind it? I think it's such a cool thing. It's it's a strange thing that I've never seen anyone do it before. Why'd you decide to start doing it? I was really fascinated with printmaking in college and decided to major in it along with graphic design. And it was in college that I experienced death for the first time and twice in one year. Wow. And shortly after um, I decided to become vegetarian and didn't really know why I was doing it. Um, it was just something to try at the time. And then three weeks later, Sheila entered my life, my dog. And I just kind of assumed it was for her. And that's usually the short answer I give. But the more I researched it and thought about it and started making these animal taxidermy prints, I realized I had a, a problem with death. And mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to think about it. 
And so that's why I'm continuing vegetarianism, though I don't want to become a preacher about it. Um, so the reason why I started making these and started thinking about it is because I had to look at these dead animals and, you know, it is sad that they're dead and, you know, and why they died. But overall, they're still really beautiful. And I wanted to show that we can all appreciate a beautiful animal. So that was, I graduated six years ago and I didn't think I was going to continue because I didn't think I had access to printmaking equipment anymore. But, you know, meeting local printmakers like Stephanie Dykes um, and slowly acquiring my own equipment, I, I kept it going. And, you know, I would even carve in my basement and do rubbings and tape them on the wall. And I have a, that's how I made my six foot three bear actually. And, um, and, you know, getting older and experiencing death a few more times, it's never going to be easy, but it's, I have grown up a lot since I've started this. That is so profound. And that is so much different than I thought it was going to be. The idea of having to handle death and in some ways create the outcome of it. That's such an interesting thing to do and particularly. Dealing yeah. With and I think with a lot of my pieces, I, I don't even know why. I have ideas or why I want to do something until I'm doing it. And so it took me a while to kind of connect all of that. And I, I think I actually didn't really connect it until I started feeling more comfortable with death. Mm. Um, that how much I've changed and can actually talk about it now. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like art in a lot of ways is like, um, and it's going to sound a little, you know, out there, but I feel like it's almost prophetic for the artist more than it is for anyone else where a lot of things I'll make, it'll be like a year later and I'll be reviewing something I made and I'll go, oh my gosh, like, you know, like this is what it was about. Or I didn't really know how to even think about that. And now I am. And it's interesting how far ahead the artistic sense can be, uh, and the intellectual I don't know I think it's cool yeah I mean art's just interesting and and hard to talk about really because it you know art is just conversation starters and there's numerous conversations to be had and I think the same person could change their conversation about it down the road I'm a known coward in a coward taking a just just a step a couple steps back from fine art what what are some things that you love in the design community right now what do you like about the design community right now oh man i think um i think the encouragement's making more sense right now i think that for a while there's just a string of people just uh encouraging each other and i think that's good um i do think that there's a point where it's like okay like what what is this towards like is this just constant affirmation for the sake of making people feel are they saying something to affirm someone else just so they can receive it? You know, is this a little bit of a back and forth? And I think now that's cool because um, I think with a lot of changes socially and um, just just around America, a lot of people I think are feeling a lot more open to talk about things that they haven't before. Um, and I don't mean that just in the sense of, you know, LGBTQ communities, but I think that 
overall people are able to talk about harder issues. Um, and I know this is just like really recent, but even when Josh and I were talking about anxiety on the Lost podcast, I thought that was great. And it's cool seeing people in the design community talk about that. So um, I think that's important because I think design is like uh, in some ways an extension of emotion, you know, and how people kind of feel and see things. And I really like emotional pragmatism, which is kind of silly, but like I, I think that's cool. Oh, yeah. oh that's amazing. Um, yeah, actually, I, I totally agree with you. I, I do like it when people can be really human about their artwork mm. um, or, you know, talk about failure yep. and feeling lost. I actually really enjoy and appreciate that. Mm. Um, do you ever watch the series um, by Like Knows Like? No. It's a beautiful short documentary series on artists mm. and they just keep getting better and better. And it's just, you know, talks about these artists just talk about like their work and that it's really hard and mm. what they do enjoy about it and what they don't. Um, and they talk about like even in their relationships and it's really beautiful. You should check it out. Yeah, I have to. That sounds. Yeah. So do they, do they talk about failure a lot in there or is it mainly about their successes? What, what's the main focus you find? I wouldn't say it's about failure or success, but just who they are mm. and, you know, almost like their craft is their obsession and how that's affecting them, which I think a lot of artists could relate to. But I will say about design right now and social media, what is really amazing about it is how you can learn more about people's process and behind the scenes and who this person is. Jason Polin is amazing at on Instagram and writing like he just like writes what he's thinking and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, um, I love that. I love that when people do that and they're not like mean or sin- like, like it's not this level of like meanness. It's just they're kind of profound and fun and witty. And yeah, it's a, nice. it's it's like a story and it's like you're in their head and it's really beautiful. And I'm really enjoying Christoph Neiman in his Instagram project where he, you know, looks at an object for a while and he notices it, like the top of a, an ink jar can look like a camera. So he'll put it on a piece of paper and illustrate someone using it as a camera. Mm-hmm. And Geffen Raffaele of Daily Doodlegram, she, it's a pure Instagram project where she goes through her feed and She'll find images in other people's um, photography and she'll illustrate them and merge them together to make this like very poetic illustration. Something that I couldn't even have dreamed of. And a lot of it seems like her interpretation of what she sees out of these photos and why she put them together. Mm. They're really beautiful. This is my PS. This is my PS at the end of an email. Adobe, you're mentoring someone there. And I, I, I want to hear about that so bad. What, what is that about? What are you doing? Can you like, yeah, can you just give me the, the update on that? Because that's so cool. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so this is, this, this is the first year that Adobe has started a creative residency program. And 
the two people selected were Kelly Anderson and Becky Murphy. And so for a year they get to be creative, which is so amazing. And Debbie Millman is Kelly Anderson's mentor and for some crazy reason, I am Becky Murphy's mentor. She's a, an amazing illustrator and she has some books coming out soon. And because of my work at Tatley and working with illustrators and licensing and art direction and marketing, and also because I have my own business and I make my own artwork and I have, have to hustle, um, Becky and I spoke and it seemed like a really good fit to share knowledge and stories and spend a year together talking about those type of things. That's so cool. What's it, what's it look like? How are you, how, how do you set those things up or is it kind of free flowing? Um, it's a little free flowing. It, it's Adobe's first year doing it and it just started. Um, she's based in Austin. So it's a lot of emailings and FaceTime right now. I'm looking at her art now. It's very Austin and very cool. Mm -hmm. Are you inspired by her work? Totally. It's, it's so exciting to see another artist and how they view, you know, mark making and colors and subject matter. And so I'm really excited to see how the year goes with her and what she works on and how she develops. I'm, I'm really excited. Nick, we're excited that you're excited that we're excited and you get the point. It was so good to hear from you, Nick. And I don't know, what, what do you guys think? I thought it was pretty amazing. I don't know if I'll ever think about quitting the same way again, and I'm kind of looking forward to working myself silly. If you enjoyed Nick's perspectives, you'll love her work. Visit nickanettemiller.com to see her updated site and pick up one of her pieces. I grabbed a trout for my mom last year, and it is still hanging prominently in my mom's kitchen. Good work, Nick. If you want to see all those naked people she talked about with Tadley, go to tadley.com and enter the code BDAYSUIT. Again, that code is BDAYSUIT. Be warned, that code does expire on July 13th, 2015. So for those of you listening in the future, my apologies, but congratulations on making it to the future. Uh, still, you should go visit tally.com for some sweet discounts on some even sweeter tattoos. Thank you so much for listening. If Real Thread is new to you and you're looking to get some shirts printed, visit realthread.com. We print the finest shirts on the planet and also have one of the largest databases of design resources. We love what you're making and would love to help get some great shirts out for you. Give us a call or shoot us an email. We'll be back next month with another podcast. Until then, keep on making things that matter. Love is enough.